finally, you finally find your parking spot. You realize, oh, today I don't have my parking pass, so now I gotta park outside the facility, walk a little bit further to get in, right? And so now you're in, now you're at the Monday morning meeting, now you forget to even eat lunch because you're so busy and you had an unscheduled meeting on your calendar that your secretary forgot to tell you about, and now you're hungry and tired, now you're just hangry, right? Now you're hungry and angry, and everybody else knows it in all of your schedule. And so this is how life is progressing, and this is how life is going, and all of a sudden, it's just, ah, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, and in the afternoon, you get your snack done, you get back into the car, you go back home, the kids are going, when is dinner? And you're like, feed yourselves, right? That's my favorite part of the video, right? She starts out the beginning of the week, you can tell, and there's vegetables, right? Very nice, healthy. By Tuesday, she's going, look, whatever they'll eat, spaghetti, awesome, if that's it. Wednesday, it was pizza, slapped down right on the counter. Fine, you guys just take care of yourselves, leave me alone. And when she laid down at night, right, she was, Anybody? You say, man, I retired so I wouldn't have to go through all of that, right? And how many of you bought into the lie that retirement was going to be a lot easier? And now you realize you just have a lot more time to fill in your schedule, right? Right? Anybody? Gailey's, yeah, you're, you're, you're agreeing to that. And so that's what happens. It's crazy. We, we fill our time, and we don't even have time to breathe. And yet, dear Christian, when in there at all have you done anything to be on your knees? When at all have you opened up the Word of God so that God can speak into the busyness of your life? When at all have you taken any time whatsoever for God to say, wait a minute, I got all this. We believe the lie of the world. The world says you get up, you're organized, you you fill your schedule with a lot of things to do, and you make sure and you get it done. Because to be a productive citizen in this world, you got to have a full schedule. We believe the lie. We believe the lie that the world says, if you aren't progressing, if your house isn't a little bit bigger than your parents were, if you don't have nicer cars than your parents did, if if your 401k or your retirement account isn't actively being saved into, well, then you're not as good. So we believe the lie. And Satan loves all of this. Do you want to know that Satan loves this, this monument, North Colorado Springs community? right, Castle Rock, even the south end of Denver. I mean, we are all professional, right? We are all hardworking. I was at a football game Friday night. Other team, we sat on the visitor sidelines. Another story for another sermon. But we were on the visitor sideline, and sure enough, the guy sitting in front of us, an academy grad. I was like, man, we can't get around, we can't get away from an Air Force academy grad on your left, one on your right. I mean, they're every, and they're right, the hard chargers, they're moving forward. They're, they got tons of stuff going on. We want them to do that, right? I don't want them getting into an F 16 going, I don't know, we'll take off whenever. <laughs> Checklist. It doesn't need to be done today. We live too close to the airport, right? I want them to know exactly what they're doing. But we believe the lie. We believe the lie. 
We let the world dictate what is happening. We let the world tell us what's important. We let the world tell us how to order our day. And yet God says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says these words. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom, not your kingdom, not your name and lights, not the betterment of you. He says, seek first his kingdom. Why? Why do we seek our own kingdom? It's in our nature, isn't it? Build up our own own little fiefdom. How many of you had a sandbox when you were growing up, right? Okay. Love building sandboxes, like being out and about. I like, I like trying to build up things like a sandbox. You pour a little water, you can make your own sandcastle, right? You can make pyramids, and you can build it up. You have towers, and if you've got little green army men like I did, then you've got them, you know, running the roost out in the sandbox. And as the sandbox gets bigger, you've got more and more green, little green army men. And then they've got their own little fiefdom, and you stand back, right, and you look at your kingdom. And you say to yourself that, This is what my hands have made. I have specifically placed each one of these little green army men exactly where I want them. I have made walls. I have provision for them. I have provided water and moats. My parents were not around. I have created fire so that they would stay warm. (laughs) It's not supposed to have the fire, but I knew that as a provider of my kingdom, these people needed fire. Invariably, the same thing happened every time I made my kingdom. I showed my ultimate power. I destroyed the kingdom, right? I threw mud bombs or I lit everyone on fire. Control. It's about control, I think, is what it is. We're we're all trying to control our little kingdoms, which is why when our children behave, oh, less than ideal. We get bent out of shape, right? I mean, we absolutely go, what is wrong with you? I'm convinced it's because we don't know how to set up our day and our life with any margin. If it's all about control, if it's about controlling the schedule, if it's about controlling the outcome, if it's about controlling every aspect of our lives so that we're not ever seemingly out of control, then we're wrong. And you know what? It causes us stress and pain and disappointment. It causes you to be unhealthy and it causes you to make bad decisions, poor decisions. What this does is it's not healthy for you and we need breathing room, just a chance to right? I mean, you get caught up in the day, and aren't, aren't there just times where you just, you want to shut a door, you want to go outside, you just want to go, leave me alone, I just need to breathe. Life provides stress upon stress and thing upon thing, and yet I'm convinced, I'm convinced it's because we have not sought first God's kingdom and his righteousness. 
We haven't done it. We haven't made time for it. We don't make it a priority. It's not anywhere on the schedule. It's not there. And we wonder, well, how come, how come my life just seems to be going every which way but what I can control? How come it seems I don't have any kind of sustenance in my life that I can count on? It's just every day, willy-nilly, things are changing. I don't know where I'm coming or whether I'm going, and I'm exhausted. It's because there's no breathing room. Now, I have to admit, this is personal. See, about three weeks ago, I spent eight hours in the ER. Chest pains. And you walk in, and it's not like any other place with an ER, right? I mean, your finger can be hanging off, right? And they're like, would you please wait over here? You walk in and you say, I've got chest pains. Like, sir, please come right on back right now. And that's when you go, oh, this is like maybe serious. And you get back in there. They're ripping your shirt off and they're putting leads on you and they're starting to look at your heart rate. And you look at that heart monitor and that heart is just going to town and they say David would you just breathe and by the end of the eight hours I mean I was like asleep my blood pressure was down almost below normal my heart rate was down and an ex- I mean, a true exercise runner's heart rate. I mean, I was in the low 50s. I was like, I haven't seen that in forever. I didn't have my phone. My wife had taken that from me. The TV in the room didn't work. I didn't have any other stimulation. I mean, by eight hours later, after all the stress tests and everything else they did on me, uh, I got to the end of the eight hours, and they're like, David, you seem relaxed. I said, well, you forced an eight-hour nap on me today. let me tell you this you better find some breathing room or you're going to be in the emergency room that's how much it affects that's why it's on my heart I know I run the rat race I'm with you and I see you run the rat race and now I realize We can't keep doing it because what we seem to be doing is following the way of the world. When God himself has very clearly said, seek first my kingdom and all these things will be given to you. You know what? That means your daily bread will be given to you. It means your health will be given to you. It means your house and your home. It means all of these things that our heart desires, that we go after with such compulsion, God says, I got it. I got it. 
mean, let's just think for a second. Back to Genesis when God creates the world, right? I mean, the dude is active. He, there's a lot going on for six days in a row. He gets to the seventh day, calls it good, and goes, I'm going to take a day of rest. Do you? That's silly. I mean, God is obviously able to know when he needs to rest and was actually able to rest. He probably made it so that no one would call him on his day off or text him. His boss, which of course God doesn't have a boss, but if he had a boss, wouldn't have gotten a hold of him because he is the boss. And we have all these excuses about why we don't take a day of rest. We have all these excuses why it's more important for my family. It's more important for me. It's more important for this and this and this and this and this and this. But I think it's because we don't trust God. I think we believe the lie that I'm in control. I, th I think we believe the lie that I am responsible for all of the outcomes in my life. Well, if I don't do it, nobody else will do it for me. The problem is we don't have any margin. We fill our schedule, we fill our life, we fill our relationships with more, 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 more. And yep, we make mistakes in our past, and then our past comes back to bite us, right? And so, well, I got to work harder at relationships. Or if we made ba bad money decisions, well, now I'm having to work more to pay off the bad money decisions. And then on and on and on and on. And it, and it seems hopeless. But I'm telling you, if we would just breathe, if we would just stop for a minute and truly let God overwhelm us instead of the world overwhelm us, then we'd be a lot healthier. Those of you that have your Bibles with you, turn to Psalm 37. It's one of my favorite Psalms. And um, Psalm 37, the psalmist writes in verse 3 and following, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and you know what? He'll do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still. I mean, some of you, you're like me, you can't, you can't be still. You hear a little bit of music, you got to be rocking and swaying to it. I mean, your fingers are snapping, your hands are clapping, your hands are up, your hands are down, your feet are moving. Keeping to the beat, right? I mean, that's, that's how God wired us, and so we don't ever think we can slow down. Be still. Wait. Patiently. For him. I'd like to take an inventory of our church this morning. We did this at uh, 8 o'clock. If you would go ahead, like to go ahead and nominate the person next to you as being a very patient person. Uh, you know them. If you'd like to go ahead and do that, just go ahead and raise your hand if you'd like to nominate the person next to you as being very patient. Two, three, four, a whole 12 of you. Okay. That's pretty much it. I mean, some in your background, there were more than 12 hands, yeah, but it was like Cokes. They were like, get your hand up. I'm patient with you. Obviously, we've been married. 
That's not the kind of patient I'm talking about. I'm talking about this kind of patient. I'm talking about be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. How many of you, God does not work fast enough in your life for you? Thank you. See, lots more of you, and the hands came up a lot quicker. Thank you for being honest with your sin. I just want you to know I'm going to call it out. God doesn't work fast enough in my life. For crying out loud, does he not know we're on a schedule down here? He's only given me so many days to live, and I don't even know how many there are. He does, and he seems to be tarrying. You can either find breathing room, or you'll be in the emergency room. And it may not be medically, but my guess is, is some of you thrive on the tyranny of the urgent. I get a lot more done when I wait to the last minute to get the assignment done. How many of you? That was me. Oh, yeah. I can wait till Sunday morning to get a sermon, and I get done with that. I'm like, whoa, yeah, that felt good. Didn't do anything all week long. Just prayed about it. Put it together finally, 10 minutes before that. Oh, I love how the Spirit works. It just feels good. Until I get home and I crash. I'm like, why am I so exhausted? Oh, I was running on adrenaline. That's not waiting patiently on the Lord. I just want you to know that. That in no way is God-pleasing. It's not. He says, seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be given to you as well. Let me read to you the beginning. We'll put the whole scripture verse, start in verse 25. I want you to read this up on the screens or follow with me. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. How many of you, this is already convicting? Just go ahead and admit, I worry about my life. Okay? There's one sin. We're just going to add up sin here. Okay? This morning, this is good. This is fun, right? <laughs> what you will eat or drink. How many of you worry about what you eat or drink? Whatever, you guys are counting calories left and right. Get your hands up. How many of you worry about your body? Nope. Or what you will wear? Oh my gosh, the greatest time killer in the world. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? It's a rhetorical question, but let me answer it because some of you go, well, I don't know. I must not be more valuable because I'm a big worrier, and maybe God doesn't like worriers. No, you're more valuable. He sent his son to die for you. You're valuable. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life. How many of you try that? How many of you have honestly tried that you think worrying? Yep, thank you. A little bit of honesty. A couple of you. You think that by getting the perfect schedule, you can squeeze a little bit more in, and you have honestly, I know, I've done this before. God, I bet you're going to give me an extra 15 minutes. Nobody else will get it, but I'll get 15 minutes. I don't know when it's going to happen. It's going to be a miracle. You're either going to move the sun back or forward or however that works, but yeah, I bet you're going to do that for me. It's a lie. A lie. Why do you worry about your clothes? Verse 28. See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor, they don't spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And see, Jesus calls it out, O you of little faith. You see, if you worry about those things, then you have little faith. He just calls it right out. Oh, no, no, I believe in God wholeheartedly. I don't question that I have saving faith in Him. I trust that Jesus has died for my sins and that I'll be with Him forever. I, my faith is not weak. No, He calls it out. If you doubt what you will eat, where you will work, how you will live, how you will have your being, whether your kids will be okay, whether there will be enough in retirement, that you wonder if you're safe enough to drive on the street, run on the road, bike on the side. If you're any of these things, then you're sinning. And Jesus says it's due to a weak faith. So don't worry, right? What is there to worry about? God's got it under control. Don't worry about what you eat or what you drink or what we will wear. The pagans run after these things. Pagan means an unbeliever. It means somebody that doesn't put their trust in God. It means somebody that runs their own life the way they think they should run their life. A pagan says, God, what God? Who cares about God? A Christian, however, says, I will seek first God, His kingdom, and His righteousness. The next three weeks, we're going to talk about three specific areas that I believe we need breathing room. First is our schedule. Folks, our schedules have got to change. We don't have time for God at all. We might fit in a meal prayer and we feel really righteous. Secondly is our finances. And you know what? They're screwed up. They're messed up. We don't have any margin. And so there's no, when the emergency comes, we, we can't do anything about it. We go further and further in debt and, and, and there's no way to help. And our relationships. We say yes to so many things. And the people that are closest to us never hear yes. The people God has placed on this earth to spend time with, to do life with, we don't have time to say yes because our relationships have no margin. There's no breathing room. And if we pay attention to Scripture, then then here's the indictment. The indictment is, is because we do not seek first God's kingdom. First, with the best energy of the day. I mean, at best, you probably spend what in mealtime? Let's say you're throwing down food, but you got food preparation, you got some grocery store. Let's say it's an hour a day. How many of you spend an hour of the day in God's word? Or... Ten minutes finding clothes, another five minutes for a shower, ten minutes for some others of us, maybe 20 minutes, who knows. Taking clothes off, putting clothes back in, doing laundry. I mean, that's another hour. We don't spend an hour with God. So what does it mean to seek first his kingdom? 
What it means is that we absolutely put out the rest of the world. It means that we're on our knees in humble submission. It's first off, we go, God, forgive me. I have not made you the number one important thing in my life. I've been the most important. Or at best, if we're thinking altruistically of ourselves, well, my family is very important. I sacrifice a lot for them. I sacrifice a lot for my kids. I sacrifice a lot for the people around me. My job needs me. Let, let me just tell you something. There is no kid here that can't wait to be at your funeral, standing next to your headstone going, my dad was awesome. He worked an 80-hour work week, and man, he was good at it. one kid is going to care how long you worked. Now you pass on the faith. You pass on, man, you know what? I, I saw my dad pray about things. We say it so often in our house, our kids go, Ugh, do we have to pray about everything? Yes. Why? The Bible says so. Ugh. So we pray about everything, everything. And are there mornings we don't get a morning devotion is? Yep, you wanna know how that day is? Crap. I'll just tell it like it is. But seek first his righteousness, his kingdom, and it'll be given to you. And there won't be any need to worry. And there won't be any need to overplan and overschedule and try to work more to pay this and that off and go all about. I'm telling you, take a break. Before you're made to. Sometimes you get a second chance in an ER. Sometimes you don't. My friends in Christ, will you join me this week, this month, in putting God first? Letting His righteousness be the thing that directs your path. And will you seek Him with all your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul? And when you feel the old Adam rearing up inside, saying, quit, quit doing it your way, when the self wants to do it your own way, just tell Satan to take a leap, to get out and fall to your knees. Let's pray. Father, we're sorry. We're sorry that we've meddled with what you've created. We're sorry that you put margin, you put boundaries in our life that we've chosen to ignore. We believe the lie that we can be more than our neighbor, our coworker, or our family. Father, give us the courage to simply submit to your will, to fall to our knees, to seek your face humbly, and trust that you will provide it all. Lord God, we are in need of your grace and abundance. We are also in need of your healing hand. Today, Father, we, we lift up before you those who are suffering from chemotherapy and 
radiation. We give you thanks, Father, that, that there are those amongst us who have been released from the hospital recently and what great joy that is for families. We also know that there are many in our midst that mourn death, loss of friend or family, and so, Lord, we ask that you would show your mercy there. And, Lord, we pray for our community. We ask, Lord, that you would use us as examples of not how to be more efficient with our time and schedules, but would you show us to be people that put you first, you first in everything that we do. Lord, there are many barriers to break down. There are a lot of past schedules and things that have seemingly worked for us. You're going to have to break through layers and layers of pride and jealousy. And so, Lord, I want to say a word of thank you in advance for the transformation that you will make in the lives of the people here at Family of Christ starting today. Even in the hardest of hearts, Father, break through. and the stiffest of necks, loosen them. And where people are in doubt, reassure them, Father, that you will absolutely provide it all. This we pray in Jesus' most holy and precious name. And all God's people said, Amen.